won the battle last night, beating the Bills 22-16 to in overtime. And in the process, they may have lost the war, of course, the disaster at the MetLife Stadium as Aaron uh, Rodgers' Jets debut uh, ended after just four plays. That's right, the 39-year-old went down awkwardly after taking a sack and limped off the field and was ended up carted off the field to the locker room. Uh, meanwhile, the Jets fear the worst, and it's, their concern is an Achilles injury. Uh, head coach Robert Chalet said after the game that the MRI is probably going to confirm what we think. So prayers t- tonight, uh, but it's not good. Elsewhere, uh, what to expect if uh, torn Achilles, Rodgers will miss the season in an unimaginable blow to the Jets' Super Bowl hope and a massive loss for the NFL. Uh, Deja vu, uh, back in 1999, the Jets entered the season with Super Bowl aspirations only to lose quarterback Vinny Testaverde to, guess what, a torn Achilles in their opening game. 24 years later, history may be repeating itself. Of course, uh, with that, tonight couldn't have started worse for the Jets, but it ended in ecstasy as rookie Xavier Gibson who only found out he made the team last week, <laughs> returned a punt for 65 yards uh, for the walk-off TD. I don't – walk-off TD, I, the walk-off in football just doesn't uh, – No. Uh, baseball has the walk-off. Uh, simple as that. Uh, you don't walk off in basketball. You don't walk off in uh, in football. But in the meantime, uh, Xavier Gibson uh, – And the reason why, if folks are wondering, uh, you know, baseball doesn't have a clock. Thank you. So, I mean, if you hit uh, a walk-off homer or walk-off whatever, base hit, uh, whatever the case is, the game just abruptly ends because there is no clock, and and, uh, you make a good point there. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, with that, uh, the the Jets now, uh, you wonder uh, what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, a couple of incredible catches, uh, one by uh, Garrett uh, Wilson in the end zone for the uh, tying touchdown uh late in the game and uh with that uh, i thought the uh second year man out of byu uh played a pretty good game for the jets uh, taking out aaron Rodgers' place but uh in the meantime uh, the bills have to be shaking their heads uh uh and they are yeah and, and, and know, josh uh turner uh, that is his name right? yeah josh yeah, yeah uh, he, he's he's putting josh most allen of it on, and yeah. josh allen thank you he's yeah. putting most of it on himself and he did not play his best game no to say the least and not only that but uh through uh three picks in the game uh he was 29 out of 41 uh 236 yards one touchdown pass, three interceptions, uh, all to the same guy, <laughs> two for that matter. Had all three picks in the ball game. Uh, had a 62.7 uh, quarterback rating. Uh, uh, Cook, uh, the the new arrival, uh, was 12 carries, 46 yards. Allen, of course, also six for 36. Again, in the National Football League and the pros, uh, sack yards uh, don't count as rushing yards. They they go into the net procedure of passing yards so uh for the team meanwhile Diggs played a pretty good game last night he had 10 catches for 102 yards and a touchdown uh with uh 13 targets to him uh his long of 18 uh, uh Davis also two catches for 32 yards with a 26 long but uh in the meantime uh and uh it seemed like both quarterbacks uh the offensive lines of course the uh Jets I should say sacked uh uh, uh, Allen a few times, but uh, two times uh, that uh, I guess um, Wilson wasn't sacked at all. I don't think Zach Wilson for the uh, 
for the Jets, but uh, Rodgers went down twice, to my knowledge. And, of course, the third, fourth play of the game, he went down. He didn't come back up on his own. And, um, you know, sorry to see that. But uh, Yeah, and it's uh, two things uh, it, it renewed. Is Tom Brady coming back? Uh, I think the Mannings uh, were the first to say, I think it was Peyton uh, before Eli, but, hey, get Tom uh, Brady back uh, to the Jets now. Uh, but but also reviving the debate about artificial turf, yeah, and that's that's a new turf over there from what I understood, uh, because it had been one of the f- six or so that were criticized. I want to say the Superdome turf, uh, Minneapolis's turf, uh, were three of the six that were called out specifically about that t- uh, particular type of turf, and um, again, you're going to be hearing more arguments about it and. I will say this in this day and age, um, in, in as much as I appreciate the turf on the high school fields because, you know, we get to see the hash marks. They don't disappear on us anymore. And the idea that games can be played with less uh, of an issue in case of rain and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, NFL fields, they could be natural grass for the most part. Even most of the, I mean, other than the Superdome, just about every uh, dome stadium is a uh, retractable roof stadium that could manage grass. Yeah, and uh, grass playing, it was uh, the the late, great uh, Dick Allen said, uh, if a horse can't eat it, I don't want to play yeah. on it, you know, with regards to playing on grass to turf. Anyway, in the meantime, last night, Zach Wilson, of course, uh, was the number one draft choice uh, of the uh, Jets. Was it last year? I think it was his first it's year been in the a league. Few years. Yeah. Anyway, he was 14 out of 21 for 140 yards, one touchdown, one one interception. Uh, Rogers, of course, uh, was 0 for 1 in the limited time he was in the game. Elsewhere, uh, Hall did a good job for them rushing. He had 10 carries for 127 yards. His long, of course, 83 yards uh, with that. Of course, uh, Cook. Uh, the newly acquired Cook, uh, 13 carries to 33 yards uh, with that. Of course, uh, they pretty much spread the ball out pretty much. Uh, uh, Garrett Wilson led them in uh, receivings. He had just a fabulous catch in the end zone to tie the game up, I should say, with the extra point. And five catches, 34 yards. Of course, his long was 14. He was targeted five times, caught all of them, thrown his way with that. So uh, the Jets uh, right now uh, – and uh, let's see, they had one, two, three, four, five sacks of uh, Josh Allen last uh, last night. So uh, the Jets' defense played well, kept him in the game early after uh, Rodgers goes down and uh, with that. But in the meantime, uh, the Jets, uh, uh, the Buffalo was ahead at uh, three to nothing after the first period, then uh, thirteen to three at halftime. Uh, Jets get a field goal to make it uh, thirteen to six, and then uh, go ahead and uh, outscore the. Uh, Bills 10-3 to in the fourth quarter, and, of course, the punt return to uh, win the game for the Jets as uh, young man Xavier Gibson. And uh, I think from a small school in Texas, I believe, uh, the young man was from uh, with that on that punt return. And uh, like I said uh, earlier in the broadcast, didn't even know he made the team till last week when they brought him uh, back in. So uh, hats off to him. Good to see a young man like that. Uh, Get away! Of course, the Bills were a two-and-a-half-point pick in that game. Uh, even in the second half, they were a three-and-a-half-point pick. But uh, 
the uh, Jets prevail and uh, the fans go home happy. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but had had a little rain, not a heavy rain, but uh, some rain during the, the game last night. I can't recall. I know that region of the country has gotten a lot of rain the last couple of days, mm-hmm. but don't know about yesterday. I, I kind of lost interest in the game right after the injury, plus the Cubs were beginning at 740, so I kind of shifted my focus uh, out west. Anyway, with that, so uh, so in the meantime, uh, the Jets now, uh, I guess Zach Wilson has a quarterback job. We'll, I guess we'll hear later on, maybe uh, possibly today, uh, tomorrow, with regards to Rodgers' injury. Uh, if it is an Achilles, pretty much he... He'll be done for the year and possibility maybe done for his career, too, with an injury like that. I, I did see, though, that uh, for what it means, uh, that uh, injury uh, x-ray uh, was negative but, but ruled out for the remainder of the game. So I'm, I'm just, oh, no, no, uh, ankle injury, they think, think. Yeah. Ankle injury now, so that might be better uh, news. Yeah, it could be. So, uh, But an Achilles injury? That's usually a season-ending injury, but we'll wait to see what the uh, MRI uh, states later on. I'm sure he'll be uh, brought to a medical uh, unit, and uh, that'll be checked out. Anyway, you know, the Saints uh, make some poor decisions. They make some good decisions, but uh, former Saints kicker Will Lutz, he had an opportunity last week uh, with the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton and New Orleans Saints took a massive risk when uh, this past offseason when they changed kickers, you know, and after over half a decade with Will Lutz being uh, as their boot, they chose the rookie Blake Groupie uh, over him and Lutz was dealt to Sean Payton's Denver Broncos. Groupie and uh, Lutz uh, had two vastly different week one uh, performances, if you check that out. Uh, Groupie went three for three on field goals, including a 52-yard kick. He also hit the team's lone extra point try for Lutz. He missed a field goal, an extra point, and the Broncos lost by one point to Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders, of course, uh, Derek Carr's former team in short, Lutz, Struggles were key reason for Denver's loss. Peyton handpicked Lutz as his top option for a kicker position at his new gig, and now it's one game, and the nerves will probably be a factor for the kicker. Regardless, he will need to be much better. Meanwhile, the Saints are very happy with their choice. A group uh, he uh, looked cool, collected in his NFL debut. Saints won by one against Tennessee, and uh, as of right now, uh, of course, one game does not make a season. No, no. You know, a lot of people don't see that. And uh, and, and that goes with every overreaction or underreaction for any, every NFL team. Although in the NFL, granted, just 17 games, each one does matter uh, uh, a little bit more so than, say, the other sports where there's 80 or 160-plus games. Um, but, uh, again, a lot of over- and under-reactions uh, first week of the season. Yeah, that, and, uh, of course, like I said, uh, you know, each team has a bye week. Uh, it's uh, 18 weeks with your bye weeks in between. Uh, some bye weeks are coming up later on into this month. But uh, in the meantime, the power rankings are out uh, after the first week of the NFL. Just see how teams stack up right now. Uh, with that, of course, uh, coming in at number one, doesn't surprise me, the San Francisco 49ers who went up to Pittsburgh and soundly beat the Steelers 30-7, to I do believe. And uh, they're making uh, their de- debut right now. Of course, uh, their de- defensive tackle, J- uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, had the uh, big deal. Eagles come in at number two in the power rankings. Of course, uh, 
they again uh, had a good game up in New England, beating the uh, Patriots in, a, in a, basically a tight game late. Also, Kansas City comes in at number three. Of course, they were beaten by the Lions last Thursday night to open up the season. Uh, they still think highly of them. We'll, we'll see and uh, if the Chiefs get back on the winning track this week. Of course, the Cowboys with a dominant performance against the Giants. I mean, they made the Giants look sophomoric. I mean, whatever the Cowboys did, jumped out to an early 16 to nothing lead early in the game on two defensive uh, touchdowns, and the Cowboys – Coming in at fourth. Coming in at fifth, the Dolphins, who had a big day for uh, Tagler, whatever, Tua. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, with uh, Tyreek Hill, 215 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and uh, one incredible catch. They come in at fifth. The Ravens come in at sixth. Seventh is the Lions, who had the big one over the Chiefs last Thursday night to open up the year. Uh, elsewhere at eighth is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 1-0. The Bills come in at ninth after their performance last night. Also, the Chargers at 10th. The Browns at 11th. Coming in, the Jets, who won that big one last night on the punt return, come in at 12th. 13th is the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a tough time. Uh, of course, Joe Burrow, I think, uh, threw for only 82 yards in that game. And the Bengals uh, were beaten pretty good by the Cleveland uh, Browns. Elsewhere at 14, the Packers with a big day from uh, Jordan Love. And uh, let's see if they can keep that going. Saints come in at 15th. Uh, of course, they down the Tennessee Titans by a score of 16 to 15 with five field goals by the Tennessee kicker. Elsewhere at 16 is the Pittsburgh Steelers after getting beat uh, by the 49ers. New England comes in at 17. 18 is the Seattle Seahawks who uh, – had uh, a, a decent game, but they, they go down to the Rams. Elsewhere, Las Vegas Raiders come in at 19. At 20 is the Minnesota Vikings, who have lost a tough one. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Washington Commanders uh, come in and 1-0. Uh, they had a big win over the weekend. Of course, the Rams at 22nd. 23rd is the Falcons, who had a big win over Carolina. Uh, elsewhere, Tampa Bay also 1-0. Uh, in that, uh, as they defeated uh, the Vikings up in uh, Minnesota, the Giants uh, at 0-1 after the, their loss to, I'm surprised, they were ranked at 25th after what they looked like uh, uh, last uh, Sunday night. Uh, meanwhile, the Broncos are also 0-1. They come in at 26. Elsewhere, the Tennessee Titans, who the Saints defeated at 27. 28th is the Carolina Panthers. The Chicago Bears come in at 29. Uh, elsewhere, the Indianapolis Colts also 0-1 at 30th. 31st is the Houston Texans. And last but not least, coming in at 32nd is the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, had a rough week. The defense uh, had allowed six sacks, six quarterback hits and interceptions, seven passes defense, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. So the Cardinals, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see how they'll play as their next game against the uh, – But they swear they're not tanking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, Caleb Williams has already mentioned that. He's got a redshirt year or COVID year coming to him. And uh, if the Cardinals uh, – it looks like they'll have the number one pick this year. He might stick in college, so we hate, we'll have to wait and see. But who's to say the Cardinals won't finish last the next year? Yeah, no doubt. So uh, the way they're playing right now. But uh, interesting uh, with that. Uh, anyway, the power, power rankings are out uh, finally. And uh, Saints uh, showed, up pretty, showed up pretty well. But, you know, you know, Jimmy Graham led him in the Houdat cheer to begin the game. And I don't recall seeing Graham maybe in the game for one or two plays. I, I didn't see him uh, much at all during the game uh, Sunday at noon against the Titans. Uh, 
Uh, I was hoping maybe to see Graham, but uh, Carr still again it's uh, still hard to believe he threw for 305 yards in that game. Uh, of course, uh, Shahid made a long touchdown reception and also had a long reception to uh, help uh, win the game, so the Saints could take their uh, victory formation. Uh, with uh, the end of the game uh, at the Dome uh, this past Sunday. So, uh, anyway, hard to find he completed. Now, I thought he looked all right. Uh, I didn't think a lot of people were praising him. I know uh, Bob Rose thought he played really well. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm. I thought he could play a little better. I thought the Saints would run the ball a little bit better with Jamal Williams, but uh, that wasn't the case. So, uh, anyway, the Saints uh, travel to Carolina this weekend, take on the Panthers, who were defeated by the Falcons. And uh, in the meantime, the Saints, I think, are a three-point pick on the road. Uh, let's see what uh, what shakes out uh, with them in the meantime. So uh, elsewhere, um, we'll see how uh, that's all going to come into play So uh, with the Saints. Uh, anyway, Jeff, don't know if you see anything else on the Saints. I was trying to find some other information there. But uh, just some highlights. Uh, after the game last night, uh, it uh, looks like the Chiefs have signed their uh, big uh, defensive lineman, Chris Jones, in, in his uh, holdout. Uh, he signed a one-year deal with the uh, Chiefs, so uh, we'll look to see him back on the field. Uh, don't know how quickly that turnaround will be uh, with that. Of course, uh, with the Jets uh, winning Monday night, uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury, uh, injury, we'll stay uh, abreast on that and see uh, how that all comes out. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, other news around uh, – of football right now with regards to the NFL. Uh, of course, uh, the Saints play uh, the early. They have two games Monday night, folks, uh, one on each uh, channel. I think the Saints are going to be on ESPN. And the other game, of course, uh, the Monday night game on ABC uh, with that. So uh, the Saints will take on uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, Monday night uh, for their broadcast. Uh, at 6.15, it's supposed to come on. I think that's our time. Uh, as I mentioned, it a, is. A 30 uh, Saints are a three-point pick with over and under 40 against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the, the next game coming up, uh, of course, Minnesota will be at Philadelphia. That's a 7-15 game, uh, uh, and that's a Thursday night game. The other late uh, Monday night game, I should say, is Cleveland at Pittsburgh, which will kick off around 7-15 excuse me, on ABC. The Saints are on ESPN, uh, sister networks. So with that... Uh, Anyway, uh, other uh, NFL news, just uh, briefly looking at some of the news here. Of course, uh, anyway, they're still talking about, you know, Allen had a four turnover night for the, uh, for the Bills with uh, three interceptions and a fumble. Uh, it's, uh, they still fear the Achilles injury. The, of course, they mentioned ankle. and I'm not sure about that. Uh, of course, the Jets' defense bailed him out, Peyton and uh, – Eli kickoff week one. Didn't watch any of that. Uh, Jeff, did you see Peyton and Eli no. comment a little bit about the game last well, night? Like I made mention, uh, they were among the first to uh, reference Tom Brady. Uh, I did see a story that uh, talked about uh, some of their uh, better moments. Uh, and let me quickly uh, get into that. Uh, but uh, for week one, uh, John McEnroe, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, guests on the show. Um, let's see, Rodgers not yet finished his first drive with the Jets when a sack caused uh, what the Jets called an ankle injury. Rodgers sat on the field for a bit before he was helped off, uh, but uh, they reacted to it, uh, and one of them uh, suggested again, uh, what about Peyton, uh, Tom Brady? 
Uh, McEnroe uh, says, take it easy if you're a Jets fan. Peyton compares a fan to Eli. Uh, Eli, uh, glad he doesn't play anymore. And uh, Eli asked Woody Johnson uh, if he would be calling Tom Brady to see if he'll come out of retirement to play for the Jets. Peyton said Brady uh, playing for the Jets seems illegal. Clearly, um, (laughs) these two are not impressed by Zach Wilson. So just a couple of highlights, I guess, from the Manning cast. Also, uh, quickly, uh, you know, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, uh, was inactive for the game uh, last night. And, of course, he's at 25 years old. He's been cleared medically. Uh, he's healthy after suffering that cardiac Played arrest. Played in the preseason. Yeah, he sure did. So, I uh, don't know uh, the reasoning that maybe he was not I mean, active. There are healthy scratches. I True. mean, that is not True. unusual uh, week after week. you got to make uh, decisions. Um, but I, I, I didn't get an explanation, not that I saw one, but... Uh, I did not see any reason specifically why he was a healthy scratch. Yeah, it says you can never take it for granted. Uh, uh, he made the 53-man roster, but, of course, you can only play, what, 45 during the course of the game with a emergency quarterback. But uh, good to see he's on the roster. Uh, we'll see if he'll get in some of the other games with the Bills uh, this year. So, anyway, uh, it's always good to see a young man that came through, gee, what a horrific uh, accident. Uh, could have cost him his life, and uh, but – been released by the medical community and uh, on the team, so we'll see what takes place. Anyway, it's time to take our first break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday morning, uh, September the 12th. And uh, the Louisiana Sports Writers Association of the high school football polls are out. And there was no change at the top of the uh, Louisiana Sports Writers Association high school football poll after week two of the regular season. Of course, uh, John Curtis in 5A, St. Thomas Moore in 4A. University in 3A, Calvary Baptist in 2A, a Washita Christian in uh, 1A, and of course, all those schools are parochial and private schools, so uh, all lead the panel, or I should say the polls. Elsewhere, John Curtis comes in, still at 1, they're 1-0. Uh, they had their game last week, uh, kind of controversial, as they were supposed to play Zachary, but Zachary uh, understood that they were supposed to play both games in Baton Rouge uh, area, and uh, John Curtis said no. We had the field lined up over, I think, at uh, the airline, the, on uh, airline at the uh, uh, stadium out there, and uh, just controversy and they decided there was a couldn't even come to agreement and they didn't play last week of course Destrahan comes in their defending state champion 5a uh Destrahan comes in second Edna Carr third Zachary uh fourth uh Catholic High Baton Rouge which was beaten I think by Warren Easton who's not eligible for the playoffs this year but Catholic High record of uh, Baton Rouge goes to one and one Ruston also with one loss they uh they lost uh, um, last weekend, though, but they came back this weekend to win. St. Aug, 2-0. Karen Crow, number eight at 2-0. West Monroe at 2-0. And Acadiana, uh, as they, they were beaten uh, recently, uh, they come in at 1-1-10. Others receiving votes in our area. Southside got 17. Uh, elsewhere in our area, that was about it. Over in the 4A poll, St. Thomas Moore comes in at 2-0. Uh, Lafayette Christian at 2-0 also. That's going to be a big matchup. Lafayette Christian did get three first-place votes to, to go with uh, St. Thomas Moore's nine. Warren Easton comes in at third. Of course, I told you about their big win. Uh, they're 2-0. Neville up in Monroe is 2-0. Westgate, the Tigers uh, come in at fifth. They're 2-0. North DeSoto at 1-1, sixth. Turlings Catholic at 2-0. They're seventh. Uh, Lutcher comes in at eighth at 1-1. Uh, elsewhere, and Lutcher got beat by St. Charles Catholic uh, in double-A team. Uh, West Feliciana at 1-1, uh, one and, one, and Evangel uh, Christian also comes in at 1-1. One one. Others receiving votes. And by the way, Westgate and Evangel uh, hook up Friday night. Oh, very interesting uh, ball game here up in Shreveport. Uh, here. Here, interesting ball game. So uh, with that, elsewhere, others receiving votes. Uh, Leesville, who's on the Catholic High uh, schedule, not this Friday, but next. Also, Cecilia receives seven votes. Opelousas, three. And those are the only teams in our area in 4A. Elsewhere in 3A, University, that you lay up up at LSU, they're 1-1. One one. St. James is 1-1. One one. E.D. White is 2-0. and oh. They received one first-place vote. University got five. Uh, St. James got six first-place votes, but University must have got a few second-place votes to uh, stay ahead of St. James. Elsewhere uh, in that, uh, Sterlington up uh, north of uh, Monroe came in at fourth. Madison Prep out of Baton Rouge, fifth. Union Parish, that's Formerville. They came in uh, at sixth. They're one and one. John F. Kennedy out in uh, Eastern New Orleans is 2-0. St. Louis out of Lake Charles is also 2-0. Lake Charles Prep, who uh, the Westgate Tigers beat Friday night, they come in at ninth. They're 1-1. One and, one. and Iowa at 1-1 uh, one one comes in 10th. Others receiving votes. Parkview Baptist got 23 votes. I'm pretty sure they were eighth last week. The Panthers of Catholic High defeated them uh, last Friday night, 14-10. Uh, to 10. Elsewhere, other people in this area 
none other than that. Also in 2A, Calvary Baptist, so 10 first place votes. They're 2 0, followed by St. Charles Catholic with uh, uh, two uh, first place votes. They're second at 2 0. Newman comes in at third. They're 2 0. Oak Grove at 1 1. At fourth, Notre Dame 1 1. Uh, they're fifth. Dunham, uh, who Parkview Baptist beat the week before, they're 1 1. Uh, Manny is one and one. Episcopal Baton Rouge one and one. Five Lor- teams there one and one. And, four yep. through eight. That's right. And Lorville comes in at ninth. They're two and zero. Oh. They took in thirty six uh, first place votes. Their first time in the uh, top ten in Double A this year. Coach no- Terry Martin, by the way, joining us uh, in our next segment. All right. And with that, North Lake Christian comes in at two and zero oh at tenth. Others receiving votes in our area. Uh, with that, Catholic High gets uh, received four votes uh, in the poll. They come in at, uh, I believe, 15th, 1, 2, 3, 4, at 15th. Uh, so good to see the Panthers there. They take on the Ebrath Bobcats. We'll have that game on Kane Radio uh, this coming Friday night. Over in the 1A poll, uh, Washington Christian uh, comes in. They took in all 12 first place votes. They're 2-0. Kentwood at second at also 2-0. The Kangaroos. Vermilion Catholic moves up a spot who defeated the Panthers earlier this week. And I do believe they, they beat Ascension Episcopal last week, 30-28. Uh, to 28. I think they played Lowerville Friday night they do. Uh, with that. And uh, as I was teasing Coach uh, Matt Decimo last night on his show, that uh, looks like V.C., will win the uh, 8-2A district again, defeating Catholic High Ascension Episcopal and haven't beaten Lowerville yet. But if they do, they'll be 3-0 against three of the better teams in the district. Meanwhile, uh, coming in at fifth place, uh, excuse me, fourth place, Southern Lab out of Baton Rouge, uh, Southern University. They come in at fourth. They're one and one. Homer, that's H-O-M-E-R, up in North Louisiana. They're fifth at one and one. St. Martin's over in Metairie. They come in at two and zero. Oh, and by the way, uh, they have uh, the number one ranked running back in the country, I think, in the class. Not of this year, but next year. He's a junior, and he's the number one ranked running back in uh, the country so far that I'm aware of. Anyway, coming in at seventh is Riverside Academy. Uh, eighth is Haynesville. Uh, they're two and zero. Ascension of Catholic is also two and zero. And Saint Frederick comes in at tenth uh, with a one and one record. Uh, others receiving votes. No one else in our area in that regard. So pretty interesting, uh, Jeff. Some big ball games this week, as I mentioned. Uh, Catholic High taking on. The Bobcats, uh, Westgate uh, uh, playing also Calvary. You said Calvary. Uh, Evangel. Evangel. They Evangel. do play Calvary later in the year. And, uh, of course, they also play St. Thomas More along with LCA and Father Turling. So uh should be an interesting uh, year. That district, I think, might be one of the strongest districts, if not in the state, other than maybe uh, some of the Catholic League uh, uh, district in New Orleans, but they haven't been real strong lately. But uh, anyway, that district right here, uh, of course, Acadiana, also uh, in the non-select uh, or the select this year. And, you know, I haven't heard any updates on any of that. I don't know if you've seen anything. Th- there has been nothing to, so to other than the injunction. Point. The court date was set for. I'm trying to recall to October. If it was set. Yeah. I, I don't even remember if a court date was set. But but yeah. the injunction went through. Yeah. and uh, Which, again, is meaningless because it doesn't go into effect until November anyway. So. Yeah, playoff time. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, will things go back to where they were? I have no idea uh, with that regard. So, anyway, some little bit of news that we passed on, uh, we missed on announcing last week, was LSU's Kim Mulkey. 
agreed to a record-breaking contract extension. Of course, she, in her second year with the Lady Tigers, won a national championship. And according to multiple reports last week, Kim Mulkey agreed to a 10-year, $32 million extension to remain at LSU. She's now the highest-paid women's basketball coach in the nation with an annual salary. Uh, it's an average of $3.2 million, slightly edging out uh, UConn's Gino uh, Aramina uh, at $2.9 million. But uh, Mulkey coached the Tigers, of course, at national championship victory in her second season, her fourth as a head coach, uh, meaning she'd won, I think, three with Baylor. But her first with LSU, she previously won titles at Baylor in 05, 12, and 19. Uh, this fall, Mulkey and the Tigers are once again expected to compete uh, for a national championship. Of course, LSU brought in that standout guard from uh, Louisville, Haley Van Lith, uh, this spring and will return superstar Angel Reese for the coming season of 23-24. And uh, congratulations to Coach Mulkey, uh on her record-setting uh, contract extension, uh, Jeff. Uh, what more? What more can you say about that? I mean, she's done uh, just a fabulous job. She won state titles as a player in high school at Hammond High. She won a national championship as a player at Louisiana Tech. Then got into the coaching perfection uh, profession under Barrymore. Uh, took the tech job, then moved over to Baylor, where she won three national championships. So she's been a winner all her life, and. Uh, it goes just to show that uh, uh, how hard a worker she is, too. And you can still see her on the sidelines hollering, still coaching, hollering, screaming at uh, the young ladies to give their best. Anyway, a little bit of trivia here uh, before we take our next break and uh, bring on uh, Coach uh, Terry Morton of the Lowerville Tigers. On this date, back in 1995, the Harlem Globetrotters lost. And uh, 28 years ago today, the Harlem Globetrotters lost to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's All-Stars and a team of former NBA stars led by 48-year-old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the 24-year winning streak of the Harlem Globetrotters. And how it happened? Well, most Globetrotter games are scripted, as people know, and hence they're 27,000. That's right. They've won 27,000 games with a well, lost record. of They've lost 345 games over the years, I guess in the earlier years. But the real uh, exhibition, and it was over in Vienna, Austria, against the legends like Abdul Jabbar, Artis Gilmore, Tiny Archibald. It was one of 11 games that teams played on a tour across Europe with the Globetrotters. And uh, the Globetrotters did win 10 games of the 11. And uh, the fun fact, you know, of those games with the Globetrotters, Abdul Jabbar, born in Harlem, was offered $1 million back in the day to join the Globetrotters in 1969 after his standout career with uh, UCLA, the Bruins. He turned them down and entered the NBA draft, of course, was picked first uh, by the Bucks, And, of course, the Bucks lost the coin toss uh, to uh, Phoenix, and Phoenix ended up taking Neil Walk of Florida, and uh, I don't even know if Neil Walk played in the league for five years. Big guy, too. He was 6'11", whatever, but... To win the coin toss and get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who led them along with Oscar Robinson to an NBA championship, 
in his second year in the league in 1971. So uh, with that, but on this date, the Harlem Globetrotters got beat, losing, losing their act 12-year winning streak. Uh, of course, I've seen the Globetrotters play in Lafayette. Uh, wasn't that Medlock, Lemon Crowd, and Curly Neal? It was probably a backup group that were playing, but uh, entertainment all in the same degree. So what can I say? Anyway, time to take our break and uh, try to get Coach uh, Terry Martin of the Lowerville Tigers online, talk about his team and their upcoming game this week. Uh, you listen to Kane Radio's Bayou Sports on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back with Coach Martin. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday morning, September 12th. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Lorville Tigers, Coach Terry Martin. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing well. How's the Tigers doing, Coach? Uh, kind of up and down, man. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, we, I think when we talked about it last week, you know, that having a big emotional win week one, uh, both, you know, not only emotionally draining, but pretty physically draining. You know, we had all the issues with the kids cramping. And I was, I was kind of concerned about how we, we would come back the second week and play. And, uh, and, I had no indication really during the week that we were going to have like any kind of letdown. Uh, we did have a decent practice, but, uh, if y'all remember correctly on Friday, we, we had, uh, some pretty bad storms come through, knocked off the electricity. Uh, it, it, it put us off on the time we wanted to leave. Uh, one of the coaches had to go pick up a, uh, an extra bus for us to make the trip. And there was a big tree that got blown down, uh, right by Bell Place Elementary, our middle school. I mean, it was blocking the road. So, uh, you know, that, that started off everything, wasn't, you know, it wasn't too good. We, uh, we ended up leaving later than we wanted to. 
the traffic in Lafayette was horrible trying to get to I-10. So, uh, you know, we, we got there late. I, you know, we probably didn't get an adequate warm-up like we normally do. And, uh, and it almost showed. Uh, offensively, we seemed to be out of sync. We, uh, we moved the ball well down the field, uh, you know, got an early touchdown. But after that, it, it seemed like every time we had a positive play on offense, we'd get some kind of holding call, uh, maybe a block in the back. Uh, just, you know, we had a touchdown negated by a holding call where we ended up not scoring uh, at all. And uh, so we were really, you know, it was not a good game offensively for us. Uh, fortunately, defensively, we played better. Uh, they didn't score, and I think I think we had five interceptions uh, on in the game. So, uh, you know, thank God for the defense because we surely stunk it up on offense. And uh, I think maybe the only positive thing to come out of that was on a couple of our drives, we stalled, you know, maybe inside the 20, uh, maybe around the 15 twice, and we were able to get two field goals off of it, you know, so we, got, we were able to get our kick a little bit of work. And uh, so it's one of those games, you know, you know, everybody says, you know, a win is a win. It's never, you know, there's no bad win. Well, I sure felt pretty bad after the game, <laughs> you know, with, with, with the way that we played. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we can kind of bounce back uh, this week because uh, we, we have very, very uh, little room uh, or, you know, margin of, of error this week because we're playing a really, really good team. Yeah, Coach, uh, for our listeners, uh, y'all traveled up to De Quincey uh, and beat De Quincey, I believe, thirteen to nothing uh, last Friday Correct. night. Did uh, did y'all f- uh, go through any inclement weather uh, journey? Uh, that was what a two two and a half hour journey to uh, De Quincey. Not not on the trip. Uh, fortunately, it came through and was pretty much done. Uh, by, by the time we got, you know, still kind of drizzling and everything. And one of the reasons we kind of held off is we, we had to hook up our football trailer. One of the coaches pulls it. But it was still lightning everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and so I didn't want to send them out there and hook up a trailer with, with all the lightning. And so, but, but by the time we left, you know, we were done with the weather. And, and I think, you know, part of it, you know, last year they came here and, and we were able to win pretty handily. Mm-hmm. And it's just with, with kids, it doesn't matter how much you try to tell them, you know, look, they got a new head coach. They're doing something totally different on offense. It's, you know, it's a whole new team. They, we have a new team. They have a new team. But when you beat somebody pretty good the year before, Man, they they just they, they they don't buy into it, and uh, and so you know I I kind of had a feeling, and I told them the story. Uh, I went all the way back uh, when I when I was an assistant coach. Uh, you know, we had several kids at Broadbridge in about a four or five year period where we sent several kids to LSU, and uh, through those relationships, uh, started with Dominic Davis. I was fortunate enough; I got to work a bunch of the LSU camps with their coaches, and. Uh, I remember Dominic Davis was getting recruited, he and Shelton Parker, by LSU their senior year. And I was at the, you know, y'all going to remember this, when uh, Florida was number one mm-hmm. and came into Tiger Stadium and LSU beat them. And uh, I was I was sitting in the kind of in the student section, and uh, I remember when the, they passed the goalposts all the way to the top of the stadium. Uh, they tore them down and actually passed them up. And uh, so I was telling our kids that uh, that week, the following week, Hal Hunter, who was the offensive line coach and was our recruiting area guy, he came in and he said, I've never seen a guy work so hard to, to, to avoid a letdown for the following week. He was talking about Donardo, and he said it didn't matter. You know, the following week they played they played very poorly. I think they lost. And, uh, and so I told the kids about that. You know, you know, LSU beat the number one team in the country, and no matter what they did, they played poorly the following week. So I tried to warn them about it, and uh, – you know, unfortunately, in some instances, it didn't work. Because uh, just, you know, a lot of penalties. Uh, I think we had at least 10 uh, in, in, in that game. So, and, and some of them, you know, big penalties. But like I said, holding, 
uh, a couple of plays where, you know, uh, we had a lineman just drive a kid to the ground and get called for unsportsmanlike conduct. Just, you know, a lot, a lot of ticky-tack things that I'm hoping that we, we clean up this week and then we don't have any of those things. Coach, you mentioned uh, LSU, and I, at some point I wanted to work in uh, the uh, fact that Zy Alexander is uh, playing at LSU and maybe seeing some success. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about his uh, career and uh, his move to LSU and uh, any contact with him since. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny you ask because, uh, again, back in those days when I was much younger, you know, I, I could work and stay up late every night, you know, get up early every morning, and still, well, when Dominic was playing, I probably didn't miss a home game. You know, and back then, you know, we would get back home after midnight, and, and I could handle it. But now, man, I, I can't take those late nights anymore. And so if I'm going to watch a game, you know, I have my laptop in my lap, I'm on my recliner, and I'll watch it while I'm inputting, you know, stuff for, for our, our team and, uh, put, you know, doing all the breakdown data. And I just I don't go to home games anymore. And, uh, but my son, uh, he, he has a, there's a couple that in the New Iberia area, uh, it's a retired doctor. He does some yard work for him and does little odd jobs. And they have season tickets, have a parking pass, and they said, look, it's still too hot. We don't want to go to the game. And they gave my son their four tickets and the parking pass. And so I said, I told him, look, I really didn't feel like going, but, but he really wanted to go. And so I took him and uh, a couple of his friends, and we actually went to the game. So we, we were able to go down against the fence and, uh, and talk to Zai while he was doing his pregame warm-up, took a couple of pictures with him. And, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a real special thing. You know, I grew up, I'm a lifelong LSU fan. I think my, my dad took to my first game. I was probably two years old. And, uh, and so I've, I've been in that stadium a lot. And, and you know, when, he, when they were getting ready to come out, you know, I told my, my son, I said, this is really, you know, it's really special that, that a kid from this small of a town, you know, fought his way, you know, went to a smaller school when we all thought that he could play at that level. And now to see where he is, you know, a few months back, he was the, uh, the academic student of the month on the football team. And uh, he's pretty much been, been practicing with the first team since he got there. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's just a huge tribute to, to his work ethic and, and the type of character he has. Uh, you know, right in that first drive, uh, they, they completed a fade ball on him. You know, well, he had really he had great coverage. But, but when, when quarterbacks throw that back, I tell my kids this all the time, the back shoulder fade is so hard to defend for, you know, the defensive back and have perfect coverage. But if it's thrown in the back shoulder, they never see it coming. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Gremlin kid went up and made a great catch. But I think that's the only completion they had on him, all, you know, all night. Uh, he very quietly had four or five tackles. Uh, I know he had a really good, uh, nice pass breakup in the third quarter. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's really satisfying to see how hard he's worked. And, uh, you know, I think I've I, I mentioned this to you all before on the show. Whenever their semester ends, the very next day he's at school, he comes back here. And, and you know, he's doing the laser work that we do. He's, he's in the weight room. He really, really works hard at, at, at bettering himself. And uh, he does the same thing in the classroom. And, again, when, you know, if I had to put my neck on the line for the character of a kid, I would do it in a second for him. You know, he's just a really high-quality, high-character kid. Well, Coach, you have a big game Friday night, uh, VC. Uh, you take on Vermilion Catholic, the Screaming Eagles, and, uh, of course, uh, at least you get them at uh, your place. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the uh, Screaming Eagles? Man, they – God, man, it's, you know, again, I don't like playing them, but I really respect and admire the way they play. Uh, you know, they, they're a team that was in the Superdome. You know, they played in the Dome of the State Championship last year. So they're very used to success. They're very used to winning. And, and just the way they carry themselves, they expect to win. Uh, I want to, I'd say the biggest difference this year 
their numbers are down for whatever reason. Uh, at one point, I think uh, like week one, they only had 25 kids dressed. And, uh, and when uh, I think I told you on Saturday, he had to cancel the JV game because he just doesn't have enough kids to play. Yeah. But, but you would never know it. Uh, they, they, they play so hard. Uh, they're extremely aggressive. Uh, and, again, just how, it's really impressive to watch how hard their kids play, how competitive they are with their numbers being as low as they are. Uh, when, when, by the time I left, I went to that week one game for a little while. It started in the third quarter. Catholic High started had, having kids that were cramping a lot. I don't think I saw one VC player go out. And, and so, uh, you know, it's really impressive to see. And, uh, you know, I've, I've tried again. When we finished practice yesterday, I told our kids, I don't think our focus is where it needs to be. Uh, you know, they, that y'all just don't understand what with a team of this caliber, as well coached as they are, and as focused of the, as they are, we better we better pick it up because you know if we're going to have any chance to w- to win, we got to be better than we were yesterday. Coach, uh, again in those couple of days since we spoke Saturday, anything else you've picked up on uh, that team? Uh, the keys uh, that you think may uh, be uh, needed to uh, come away with a win? That you know they look they they're good everywhere. Uh, again, I don't think they're as good as they were last year defensively. I mean, I, I think if y'all recall, they probably had seven or eight shutouts on the season. Uh, just a phenomenal defense and uh, really talented players. I know one of their kids actually signed with, uh, with uh, UL Lafayette. And, uh, but, you know, so they lost a bunch on defense. But, man, they, they're still scrappy as hell and, and just really well coached. They're never in the wrong spot. But I, I think everything, you know, and they'll say this too, you know, as as good as all their players are, everything revolves around the quarterback. He is one of the most dynamic players in this area. You, you know, he's not a very big kid, and there are small schools, so you probably don't hear a lot about him. But if I was a, 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 a true high school football fan, I would make a point to go watch him at some point in the season. I hope he doesn't have a highlight against us this Friday, but I, I think last week he rushed for 360 yards in, in, in that, that win that they had last week against Ascension. Uh, he throws it well, but he's just, he's just, his running ability and, and how hard it is to put him on the ground is something pretty unique. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the toughest kids we played against, without a doubt. So if, you know, anybody's in the area and wants to see a good high school football player, I, I would come to our place this coming Friday. There you go. Speaking of uh, that, anything the fans need to know about Friday night? Uh, no, just uh, another, uh, again, I don't think it's a typical Friday in Lowerville because it is pretty like, you know, we talk about how unique and special it is. We had a great home crowd uh, last Thursday for our first game. So I'm thinking we'll probably have a, you know, VC normally travels really well. And I'm thinking that, you know, again, both teams 2-0, and uh, you know, it's kind of what high school football is all about. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned, our JV game for today did get canceled. Uh, nothing special other than I think it's going to be a really good night of football. So, Hopefully we clean up all those mistakes we made last week and we give our chance, ourselves a chance to win in the end because these suckers, they, they definitely fight to the very end. All right. We look forward to the matchup. Uh, we look forward to you joining us on Tuesday mornings. Happy to get you back in to the Bayou Sports rotation, but also on Saturday mornings. Appreciate your time. Thank you all very much for having me on. You bet, Coach. Take care and right. best of luck. Have a good week. Yeah. Good luck, Coach.
Anyway, uh, time to take our next break here on Bayou Sports. We've got to talk about a little day in sports history next, but uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September 12th, FM 107, 5 a.m., 1240. We'll be right back. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Tuesday, September the 12th. And a uh, little baseball news, too, boy. You know, uh, you know, the Braves right now are just playing just tremendous baseball. Uh, of course, they've qualified for the playoffs in the latest. Their 29-year-old, uh, <laughs> Mr. Olsen, uh, he's just crunching that way. He hit his 49th and 50th dingers last night, and uh, putting uh, on uh, pace for Andrew Jones, his franchise record of 51 in sight. Of course, 60 homers the way he's hitting it right now isn't out of the question for Olsen, but nobody's talking about it. And uh, Okay, uh, some people are talking about it, but not enough. And usually, I mean, it is mid-September, and so it's you know, if you hit that mark at the start of the month, maybe there's a discussion, but... Uh, you hit two last night. Uh, who's to say can't get it done? Yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, he's, it's the most quiet fifty home yeah. runs you've ever not heard about, and uh, and and with that, usually it makes sense with certain players getting overlooked. But this one's rather curious because big market, first place team. Why isn't Olson historic power surge a bigger story? Well, answer the Braves is really good. And it starts out with Ronald Acuna Jr., whose MVP worthy campaign has overshadowed Olson. So with that but there's also the rest of the roster 
which has been mashing the Braves. I mean, by the numbers, Atlanta is on a pace to smash, for the record, the most home runs in a season, and that was set by the 2019 Twins, who hit a little over 300 homers. Of course, the Braves are already sitting at 278, 54 more than any other team in the majors, and thanks to seven players, seven players with 20-plus homers, and uh, 10 with double digits. Uh, they got a guy coming off the bench hitting double digit homers. Of course, Olsen has 50. Acuna Jr., 36. Austin Raleigh, 34. Marcelo Zuna, 33. Ozzy Alves, uh, 29. Eddie Rosario, 21. Sean Murphy, 20. Uh, Orlando Orsia, 17. Michael Harris, the second, 16. And Travis Diorno, 11. In fact, uh, the 2023 Braves. Well, the fourth team in Major League history to have a player with 50 homers and another with 50 stolen bases. They joined the 2017 Marlins with Stanton and uh, Strange Garden and the 2000 Cubs with Sosa and Young and the 95 Indians with Bell and Lofton. But, uh, man, Jeff, it's just amazing. Uh, they just popping them. Of course, years ago, there were an old uh, Fulton County Stadium, which was they called the launching pad, course it helped Hank Aaron uh, uh, slash a couple homers uh, in his day and uh, I saw Aaron one night in Fulton County Stadium uh, knock out two one night both off of Bob Gibson so uh, anyway in the meantime the Braves uh, they've already qualified their playoffs they're at last seen there were like 14 games uh, uh, in the on top of the second place team uh, the Phillies so uh, right now with that, uh, things are moving on. Do we have a phone call? We do seem to. Let's uh, see if it's comment question for Bayou Sports. Hi, you're in the air. Oh, there we go. Okay. Anyway, with that, so uh, baseball, uh, probably in its last uh, 20 games, uh, team scrambling uh, for those playoff berths uh, with that. Anyway, today in sports history here on a big September 12th, uh, in 1911 on this day, future Hall of Fame pitchers duel for the fi- final time, and that was Cy Young versus Christy Mathewson of the Giants. Of course, uh, the Giants beat Chris, uh, Cy Young 11-2. Elsewhere on this date, 1914, a Yankee shortstop by the name of Roger Peckinpah at 23 years old becomes the youngest manager in Major League Baseball history. Also in this date, 1930, Brooklyn catcher Al Lopez, who ended up being a fine manager in his day, hits the last recorded bounced homer uh, on this date. And by a bounced homer, ground rule doubles back in the day were uh, home runs. And uh, with that, uh, Al Lopez uh, officially was the last man to hit a ground rule double that counted as a home run. Also in this date, 1947, Pittsburgh outfielder, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, left fielder Ralph Kiner hits two homers in a Pirates 4-3 win over the Braves at Forbes Field. It was his eighth home run in four games, so pretty impressive. Of course, Ralph Kiner led the National League in homers like seven years in a row back in the late 40s, early 50s. Also on this date, 1953, the Dodgers clinched the National League pennant earlier than any other team, defeating the Milwaukee Braves 5-2. to Of course, Brooklyn goes on to win. 105 games that year, losing 49. Of course, they lost the World Series to the Yankees that year. Also in this date, 1954, the Indians sweep the Yankees at Municipal Stadium, the largest American League crowd ever, 86,563 over at uh, in Cleveland. Elsewhere in this date, 1954, the White Sox win their 90th game. First time 
that they win this many since the Black Scott scandal back in 1919-1920. Also in this date, 1976 at Forest Hills, Jimmy Connors wins his second U.S. title, beating John Borg of Sweden, 6436-7664. Also in this date, 1979, Carl Yastrzemski gets his 3,000th hit off of Yankee Jim Beatty. Uh, also in this date, 1982 in the U.S. Men's Open, uh, just six years later, Jimmy Connors wins his fourth U.S. title at the U.S. Open, beating Ivan Lindell uh, in the match. Also in this date, 1984, New York Met Dwight Gooden sets a rookie strikeout record of 250 win, 251 rather. He goes on to strike out 276, that in his rookie year. Also in 1987, Vince Coleman of the Cards steals his 100th base for the third straight year. Of course, Ricky Henderson goes on to do that also. Elsewhere on this date, 1988, in the first NFL regular season game played in Phoenix, the Cowboys beat the Cards uh, in that game. Elsewhere on this date, 1993, Paul Malatar at 37 is the oldest to reach 100 RBIs for the first time in his career. Birthdays today. Uh, on this date, born in 1913, Jesse Owens. Uh, of course, Jesse Owens passed away in 1980. Uh, won four gold medals at the 1936 Olympics. Born in Oakville, Alabama. Got to meet Jesse Owens. Got his autograph. Don't know where it is at my home, but I'm pretty sure I still have it. Also on this date, 1958, Wilfred Benitez, a Puerto Rican boxer, youngest world champion at 17 years, 176 days, uh, the WBA light welterweight born in New York City, New York. Passing away on this day back in 2009, one of the all-time tennis greats, Jack Kramer. I think they had rackets uh, mm-hmm. that he sponsored, named after the old wooden rackets. Of course, he won Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, uh, dies of cancer at 88 years of age. A little trivia here, too. There were three players uh, in Major League Baseball that have stolen, four, uh, stolen bases in four different decades. Of course, one, Ricky Henderson, everybody will acknowledge. The other, Tim Raines, yeah, okay. And the other, Ted Williams, still a base in four different decades. Found that unusual to believe. And also one other trivia before I get to the quote of the day. Only one Hall of Fame player has ever wore the number 13. And he wore it in the 1955 season, his rookie year with the Pirates. Of course, the next year he moved on to number 21. And that was Roberto Clemente the following year. Of course, uh, Roberto Clemente, the Hall of Famer, the only person ever to wear 13 to make it to the Hall of Fame, and he only wore it for one year, his rookie campaign. And and the caveat there is not a lot of players want to wear 13. It's you know, considered unlucky. Michael Thomas, hopefully uh, he'll be the next one. <laughs> You're right about that. Anyway, the quote of the day, Joe Garagiola, who uh, grew up with Yogi Berra up in the hill in St. Louis, and uh, this is a typical uh, – uh, a yogiism, but it's Joe Garagiola made this comment. He said, Nolan Ryan is pitching so much better now that he has straightened out his curveball. <laughs> <laughs> Something Yogi would say out on the hill. Of course, Joe Garagiola and Yogi both broke into the majors about the same year in 46. Of course, Garagiola played with the uh, Cardinals his rookie year and went to the World Series and hit pretty well, I think, if memory serves me right, uh, per- correctly. And Joe Graciela did uh, baseball, the NBC Today Show, uh, 
Uh, pretty well, uh, you know, KC Yogi doing the Today Show on NBC News. No. <laughs> Although uh, I'm sure a welcome guest on yes. just about any show. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, that's today in sports history. Still here. haven't seen that documentary about him. Yeah, same here. You know, I'm and, waiting for it. I, I, I Just like I wait for things that used to come to cable, I wait for them to come to streaming uh, services now. So hopefully... Yeah. Anyway, so uh, today in sports history, uh, interesting. Uh, Glad to have Coach Terry Martin on again. Absolutely. Look forward to him uh, each week. Of course, they play VC uh, this Friday night over in Lauraville. He's got him on his home turf. But, of course, VC right now has already beaten Catholic High. They've beaten Ascension Episcopal last week. Take on the Lauraville Tigers and uh, just uh, poke it fun. Uh, Maybe – they might be the eight two A district champion in that league. So uh, with that, but good luck, good luck to the Lorville Tigers taking on the VC Screaming Eagles here this Friday night. No doubt. And uh, if I do my due diligence, uh, we'll have another coach or two on tomorrow, getting uh, our coaches back into our Bayou Sports rotation. Big thanks to our sponsors: Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative out of District Forty Nine, LA Classic Roofing, the Headache and Pain Center. Cane Row Golf and Turf Club and the Schwing Insurance Agency appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.